The following is still a pandemic recording presented to you in Around Sound. It was recorded with whatever was lying around. Don't respect the sister, walk around like a woman is. She won't speak unless it's something worse saying. Don't play the girl, take herself so seriously. People stare curiously. She got a natural way, her hips way furiously. Yeah, luxuriously. Carries herself like the cutest, most prettiest thing you've seen this side of the bay. Hey, this is Lady Don't Take No, your weekly roundup of all of the real and none of the fake. I'm your host, Alicia Garza. This show is pro-Black, pro-queer, proudly feminist, and pro-do-what-you-like. Every week, you're going to get the best of what goes on in my head, what we loving on, and what we hating on, what we might be, and what we ain't going to do. Politics, pop culture, what's happening right now with the push for voting rights and infrastructure money, we cover it all. This podcast is based in Oakland, California, the center of the known universe, where we are dealing with Rona and Reconstruction. It's a challenging time, a changing time, a time of transformation. It's all the things all the time nowadays, but we're going to help you understand the dynamics of this time every single week. So be sure to tune in, tell a friend, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We do it for the culture, so the pod is free 99 because we know that with a country in chaos, the least we could do is keep you from putting your money anywhere else than where it's needed. Our guest this week, this is going to be such a special show, y'all. Our guest this week is a progressive politician and an educator. She made history in 2005 as the first African-American woman to represent Ward 1 on the Cleveland City Council. And then again in 2008 as the first woman to serve as a state senator in Ohio's 25th district. She has been a champion for criminal justice reform and led the effort to create Ohio's first task force on police and community relations in the wake of tragic police killings in Ohio. You have seen her on CNN and all the shows, and she even hosts a podcast called Hello, Somebody. I'm so excited to have her on the pod today. Welcome, welcome, Nita Turner. Hello. Hello, somebody. It's so good to be with you, sis. Um, Nina, I'm so stoked to have you on the show. I got to ask you, we are right at the precipice, or maybe one precipice, of a whole range of variants of the Rona, otherwise known as Rona's cousins. She came to play, honey. So I got to ask you... What has your quarantine life been like? And have you developed any unique habits live and direct from Miss Rona? I am laughing and trying not to cough at the same time. You <laughs> it's okay. Are, cough away. Cough you, away. Because, you, <laughs> you know, it's not funny, but it's funny to me the way that you're laying it down. And it's, you know, Black people, our people are so creative. You know, just can't be COVID-19. It's the Rona. I have some elders who call it Miss Rona. And I'm okay, saying, yeah, be a woman, but Miss Rona or uh, Rona Round. Yep, you know, yep. all of the food we've been <laughs> eating over. Baby, I'm Rona Round. That's you know? real. So That's real. I love us. I love us so much. <laughs> you know, um, 
I bake. People might not know that about me, but I bake, which is probably not good during the Rona. Talk speaking of Rona yeah. around. <laughs> Listen. But uh, it made me want to find some comfort. And I take a lot of comfort in my maternal grandmother who I've introduced to the world through the story of the three bones. And so a lot of people know me for that story, but that was really her story. And so you know how you feel your your ancestors spirit uh-huh. from time to time I do. and uh, definitely baking. Cause I think during the COVID people were trying and still are trying to find some comfort and food. I mean, I hate to say it, Rona or not, food That's brings right. comfort. Now it That's might right. make the hips expand and everything else, <laughs> but it does bring some comfort. <laughs> I love that. What? So tell me, what is your signature dish? Oh my God. Well, it's really hers. Two things. A mean sweet potato pie. Ooh. So if you like that, I'm going to have to make you one and yes. we got to get together. I yes, ship it. Or what, I'm, when I come back to Cali and I'm on your side, the center of the known universe, yes. I'll bring one. And also I make an awesome, awesome pound cake. And I think oh, I I've taken my grandmother's right. pound cake to the next level. So all the things that will force you to have to exercise a whole lot. I know that's right. And you know, I love a pound cake. You do? I okay. love a pound cake. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. You got that coming. I'm going to coming back to Cali uh, at some point in October, and I I know Cali is big, so I'm coming to all the points. Okay, come so holler at So I will player. come you to the known you. I'm going to let yeah. you know. Hopefully, if you're home, I'm going to have to bring some pound cake. <laughs> That's what's me. up. Please, please do. God, it's been more than a year now. When all this thing started— People were baking bread and planting gardens. I am on my fifth iteration of a garden, and I'm happy to say there are now actual fruits in my garden. I'm so happy about it. It took me only a year and some change. Amazing. But are there any new skills that Miss Rona has given you? Because I feel like we're in the apocalypse, and I need to know what you bring into the table. Well, you bring in the food, the, the, the goodies, the healthy food to yeah, the table. Yeah, the organics. So I, I got to stick close to you, so I'm going to starve. <laughs> and and get too big because you're growing veggies. Uh, the Rona round. <laughs> the, ro- the Rona round. But you can't get too round off the veggies. So you're mm-hmm. on the good side of the ledger. I'm not so much. I'm on the comfort side too Listen. much. But um, definitely my own um, manis and, and petties for sure. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely mm-hmm. become an expert of painting my own nails, which is something that I was never good at and never really liked doing. And also discovered a new product two that really lasts and is natural. It's called uh, Dazzle Dry is what it's called. And the the founder of it wanted uh, women to have, or people, you know, women, men, whoever wants to, you know, use polish to have a natural product that's not full of toxins. So I want to put that out there. This is not a paid advertisement either. (laughs) But uh, I discovered I am receiving nothing from them, but it was just so amazing. And I love it. And it dropped. Alicia, it dries in five minutes, no stuff. And it really does last for up to two weeks, almost two weeks. Oh, that's a real thing. Okay, because you know, I'd be on gel because I can't deal with waiting for my nails to dry. Like that drives me nuts. But five minutes, you might have me back. That's cruel and unusual punishment, (laughs) right? Having to wait for your polish to dry. That is what I'm saying. Nina, I have been such a fan of you for so long. And I, the feeling you know, is I mean, mutual. Let me just sneak that in there. The feeling is, well, is show enough mutual. You know, I mean, we were talking about you on the pod. We were definitely telling people to check out your race. And thank you, you. are so Thank you for your just... support, too. Sorry to jump in. No, on. I just I'm glad to say, you did. No, thank, thank you. you so much for your sister's support. And I, 
do want your your listeners to know you would check on me. You would send me text messages, what you need. I got you. And that means a lot, um, not just when things are going right, but when things are not necessarily going the way you want them to go. Yeah. And you always pick up on that vibe. And I just want to just pause and uh, shout you out for that. I really do appreciate you for doing that and for supporting me and also being there, just saying, hey, whatever you need, I got you. I and appreciate I, I love that. you for that. Well, you know what, sis? Here's the thing. The world is hard on black women. So if we don't got us... <laughs> If we don't got us, ain't nobody got us. So it is literally my pleasure. I want to dive into how you got into politics in the first place. I think for a lot of people who are listening, people want to see change and they don't always see themselves as change makers. And they see change makers and they go, oh, you must have come from like, you know. Mars. Yeah, exactly. So talk to us. What got you first interested in politics? Was your family political? Like, how'd you get up in here? Well, some little less known stories. You know, my parents, as young people, um, they actually passed out literature for the man who became the first African-American mayor of a major city. And that was Mayor Carl B. Stokes. Wow. And I didn't necessarily know that growing up. They didn't talk about that. But once I started running for office, my dad started sharing these little stories. You know how that go. Like you kind of motivate people to say, wait a minute, let me tell you about my little piece yeah, and uh, I'm I'm really proud and encouraged. My mother is not here. I think you know that story. I won't uh, tell the the long version of it. But my mother died when she was 42, very young, uh, brain aneurysm. Too young, yes, yes. And uh, I miss her every single day. So to hear my dad, who's now, you know, 73, you know, be able to share some of those stories just brightens up my day. So yeah, but it wasn't like I planned, you know, to get into politics. I wouldn't say because they. Did some activism. And that was, I mean, by our standards, that was activism. That's right. Um, that it was planted into me directly, but maybe indirectly, that spirit surrounded me. So I was very active as a college student, you know, protest and, and uh, <laughs> created an organization with a dear friend of mine called Students for Positive Action because we oh, just, yes. we kind of <laughs> believed that if we could get people registered to vote, imagine that, that they would be able to control their own destiny through politics. How bright-eyed were we and naive, I guess, in some in some ways. But yeah, that's my quick, my long story, less long, as to how I truly got into politics. And when I look back on it, I didn't think of it at the time as activism in the way that we define activism that was happening in the 90s, uh, for me, the late 90s. But now, looking through this lens, I think it was preparing me for this moment in my life. And so if I had a message to people especially younger people and not so young people because, you know, we all enter the journey at different stages in our lives and it doesn't matter what the age is. You can be young or new to doing something and be an older person. I just, people should just embrace what is happening to them. Um, I know it's hard to embrace the bad. There will be a lesson by and by once you get over the hurt, but just know almost every single thing that you do and the seeds that are being planted are in many ways I have found in my life are setting you up for your next great adventure Mm. even if you don't realize it in the moment I love that well speaking of your next great adventure you have been in politics for a long time and you've won some and you've lost some so what keeps you going 
Wow. Lost some. You know, speaking of loss, yeah, just this last election, which was really cruel, but maybe we'll interview at another time about that. Mm. I just think knowing that you you got to, for me, it's centering on the good that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. So no matter if you win or lose, well, let me sum it up this way. One of my favorite singers, Fantasia, has a I song. I love Fantasia. Come right? on, Oakland. Yes. Okay. Yes. She is. <laughs> ooh, she bring that. So that's yes, my, that's my, my, my spirit. Uh, she's my spirit singer. I think she sings like I speak. But ooh. lose to win again, you know, and part of the lyrics are sometimes you have to lose to win again. She's talking about it in terms of love and relationships, but you can take that song and expand it and utilize it for whatever uh, you need it to be for you in the moment. And so for me on the political lens, I utilize that song um, to help me stay partly grounded about you might not always get the exact outcome that you wanted, mm-hmm. but so many more opportunities abound if you just open up your spirit to receive those opportunities in time. You know, we all go through stages of grief in our life, professional, personal, and I, I quite frankly, I am going through stages of grief mm-hmm. right now over my last, uh, you know, over this last, this race that mm-hmm. just happened is not even, you know, it's a little over a month old now. But yeah, you, it, it, it really is. You got to ask your why. And I know that might seem simple, but if your why is grounded in something that's bigger than you, that keeps you going. So that's, I that's what right. I utilize to keep me pushing, even in my disappointment, my anger, my sadness. I always try to get back to the why. Mm. Look, let's talk about it. I mean, there was a historic race um, that did not turn out in our favor, my friend. You know, it's a month out and sometimes, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. What are your reflections about what happened there? I mean, we talked about it on the podcast and I was like, damn. Mr. Clyburn coming out swinging for some shit you ain't even said. <laughs> right. You, he flexed, he flexed, he'd be bossed up. Um, yeah. You know, there was a lot of things happening there, which I think are interesting. And, and they are indicative in some ways of the state of black politics right now. So I'm wondering if you can just give us the scoop from the inside, because a lot of us watching from the outside you don't get to read about all of the compromises and deals that are being made and why people are doing what you just see, you know, such and such a thing happened and you wonder, well, what's going on? So give us the scoop from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to the, the Clyburn, I mean, that was just mind blowing. It was, you know, my dear friend, Michael Render, Killer Mike. Uh, we were, um, we were doing a, a town hall that was hosted by TYT and Mike, you know, you can never predict what's going to happen, you know, in these things because it's organic. It's kind of like our interview right now, mm-hmm. you know. And um, Michael made a statement. And as I look back on his statement, what he was saying, and, and he used Congressman Clyburn as the example. I think what his, his statement really is to the broader point of Black politics and Black power and what Black people need is you got to get something for your vote. And what you get has to be, it can't only enrich you, it has to enrich your people. It's not enough to have a few Black people doing okay when the masses of our people are not doing okay. And when you are in a power position, especially political power, but not exclusively, you have like an obligation to make sure that as you're making the deals, that you get something for your people. 
And what I was amening was that broader concept. Mm-hmm. You know, so people looking at that clip can jump to a conclusion. Oh, they jumping on Clyburn, you know, because that was the conclusion that the more neoliberal or corporatist Dems came to automatically. But you never know truly what's in the heart or most of the time what's in the heart and the mind of, of anybody. And so for me, I did a man that. I was amening the entire concept that is bigger than Mr. Clyburn. Mm-hmm. This is about our people, period. Getting something at all times for our vote, no matter if we got a fancy title or not. And I'm really passionate about that. And I'm at a stage in my life, on this life's journey, that I'm not backing away from that. It's too much suffering. Black people lost half of their wealth during the Great Recession Alicia, and nobody has done a damn thing about it. That was before Rona hit. Mm-hmm. We are hospitalized at higher rates. We die at higher rates. Um, George Floyd was lynched in daylight in the 21st century, and that damn Congress still has not passed the George Floyd Act. Mm-hmm. Republicans are trampling on democracy all over this country in state legislatures, of which I served in one in Ohio, as you know. And we can't get this Congress to pass the For the People Act or the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. You know, so what, just this Labor Day, I'm old enough to remember Labor Day. Come on. (laughs) 2021. Uh One more point. (laughs) The unemployment insurance, the the compensation, the the money on Labor Day ended. Mm. And there are reports out there that the unemployment rate for Black folks went up in August. So what Killer Mike, Michael Render, a.k.a. Killer Mike, and what Sister Turner, a man, was right. Mm-hmm. But it's bigger than one individual. And I wish people wouldn't get so caught up in their ownness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always about them. And focus in on the bigger suffering. And you know what, Alicia? I have no regrets. He took that personally. He used that as an excuse to come into this district. He was coming anyway. But you know what? I wouldn't take nothing for this journey, as somebody once said. I would, you know, I would amen it again. Mm. Because black people are representative of the canary in the coal mine. And when we hurt, everybody else hurts. But I'm talking to one of the founders of BLM. You know this. This is real. That's why Black Lives Matter 2, T-O-O, is really how I see that. That movement is saying, look, we matter. And our pain, like all of the original isms to me, came from anti-Blackness and this hate and the trauma of what Black people have had to endure and still endure in this country. So I think it is right for anybody, be be they elected, uh, you know, Killer Mike is an activist to his core. He says, I sing and dance for a living, but I was an activist first. What he's saying is true. And if we are too thin-skinned, some of the people with some of the most highest titles in the world who will be set for the rest of their lives to understand that kind of truth, then something is wrong with them. And it's not an indictment on, you know, myself or Michael. We got to start to question, why do we keep voting a certain way every single election cycle and we ain't even getting crumbs? Mm. Listen, I've heard this question out there a bunch and I'm, I know you're not the only person asking it. I was doing some background for the pod today and I saw some things that I didn't know about you. 
which is that you were asked to be Jill Stein's running mate for the Green Party. And you said no. You said the Democratic Party is still worth fighting for. Do you still feel that way? I think the people who will benefit from a Democratic Party that lifts the poor, the working poor, and the barely middle class are worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that's a roundabout way for me to answer your question. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm not trying to pop, be, be the politician. You know, I'm not trying to <laughs> politic you here. Um, you know, and even that, you know, some people will never let me live that down. Yeah. Either as if that woman didn't have a right. You know, and I have a right to my agency. You know, Black women's agency is always attacked, That's right. always questioned, That's always. Right. That's right. And it shouldn't be. Whether you agree, that doesn't mean you and I or you and anybody else. doesn't mean we always agree, but I respect and support your agency. And I'm glad you asked me that question because I want people to think about the loyalty oath, like the blind loyalty that these two political parties are asking people to take. And so I've made up in my mind, because I'm a grown-ass woman now, <laughs> that I don't worship any individual, yep. no matter how great they are, no man, no woman, and I don't worship a party. I worship God and I serve the people. So when I asked, answered your question that way, I'm saying in a two-party system, one of these parties have to has to be responsive to the needs of the people. I would like, I hope and think that it would be the Democratic Party. So it's not so much for me to party itself as a structure is worth fighting for, but the people who need that party and believe in the values of that party, they are worth fighting for. So I've kind of even grown from even making that statement, um, what, almost six years ago. Well, amen. You know, Nina, I got to be honest with you. It, for me, it wasn't a gotcha question. I actually feel what I took from your statement was exactly what you said. Black people are the damn Democratic Party. <laughs> and there is no Democratic Party without Black people. And unfortunately, right now, because um, I'm going to say it, and people are going to get mad, but I'll say it so you don't have to, because you've you've carried enough. So I'll, I'll jump in this ring, okay? I want the Greens to organize Black people. When y'all come and knock doors in my neighborhood... <laughs> black neighborhoods all over the country and you get people organized, I'm a rock with you. I really am. I'm a rock with you because I don't think there should be just two parties. I think we should have many, many choices. Right? I do too, like other countries. Correct. Do. I mean, it's kind of insane to put over 300 million people into two parties. It's and I ridiculous. think what a lot of people, it is. And I think a lot of people don't understand and I want to you know, I'm kind of like in my teacher mode, sort of, is what I'm feeling after this race, is that these two parties are private corporations. Mm -hmm. Think about, people don't see the party structures like that, but that's exactly what they are. They're corporations that get to decide what lane you get to choose, and there are only two, and they block out everybody else, and they do this on the public dime. So just think about that. Well, what are you being loyal to? Right becomes the question. That's right. You know? And they like to castigate people to challenge. You know, I think it was uh, Brother Frederick Douglass who talked about, or maybe it was Dr. W.B. Du Bois. Now I'm mis mixing up my my, my heroes mm -hmm. here. But some great <laughs> Black person was um, really talking about what true patriotism is. And it's not that you just go along to get along. It's that you challenge. As James Baldwin. Jane, right, right. Mm -hmm. I love what he, what Mr. Baldwin, he said, I love this country more than any 
other country. I'm paraphrasing them. Yeah. And he said, and I reserve the right That's to critique right. it. That's absolutely you right. You know, that's patriotism. Well, look, here's the deal. There's a black woman who's running the party now. I like that. We rooting for you, sis. Holla at us. And then also, um, I'm not giving up the damn Democratic Party to these people because it's our shit. So there's that That's on that. Right. And yes. y'all ain't got to agree with me on this, but um, you leaving a lot on the table. <laughs> you leaving a lot on the table for somebody else to eat. And as long as we ain't over there trying to get fed and set the damn menu. Yes. It's going to still be the way it's going to be. So I actually was feeling you when you said it. Tell me something that you've changed your mind about over the course of your political career, because I know you've had a long trajectory. You didn't start off Bernie Sanders, right? (laughs) And the context was different, sis. So tell me about something that you've changed your mind about over the course of your political career. I think I always, you know, somebody described me as an empath, you know, and I think that's true about myself. I think before there was a Sanders movement that, you know, started percolating in the latter part of 2015, before that, you know, who was Nina Turner and what did I rock with? I I think I always rocked in that direction. It Mm. just didn't have a label Mm. to it in, in the way that we visualize what what I call the 21st century version of the progressive movement. I've always, um, for the most part, when you say always, most often than not, been on the side of the of the of the of the people who are the most aggrieved. And being a conscious-minded black woman, notice I said conscious-minded, because it's not just about being black. We need conscious-minded people, but being a conscious-minded Black woman, I don't think I had any other choice because my consciousness was pierced or pricked a long time ago. And a lot of it might have to do with my Black church tradition. I know that religion can be used. Mm -hmm. Most wars that are happening in this world is based on somebody's damn religion. Mm -hmm. So let me throw that out there. I want people to understand. I know that religion or spirituality can be used for good or bad, like any tool um, that we have. But in my life... Uh, for the most part, my Black church, Black liberation upbringing, I've been able to draw upon that. And I think I've all, I was always attracted to the kind of movement that kind of engulfed me in the latter part of 2015, which brought me into Sanders' world. And we complemented each other. Mm. I mean, I was the, you know, the first Black person of high rank, and I put that in air quotes too, to really endorse the senator and rock with him in 2016. And I had a lot of people say, okay, because you there, I'm going to give him a look. Mm-hmm. And then in 2020, the highest ranking person, black person, black just person, among the co- with the co-chairs on a, on a presidential campaign. I'm only saying that to say that, yeah, evolution is a real thing. And I think um, for me, I'm just like feeling my mission. Like I'm coming into my real life's assignment if that makes sense. Some people get that. And it's over the course of having experiences that you really come into who you really are. And I think for as long as we live, there are going to be moments in your life where you say, aha, that's me. That's right. It never ends until you take your last breath. And that's, I want people to know that from the youngest person who's listening to this magnificent podcast to the most seasoned person, as long as you have life, as long as you can get up every day and you clothe in your right mind, as my grandmother used to say, there's always something new 
to learn and to explore and to do and to and to be the difference maker in your own life and your community. It can be grand and it can be simple. Mm. But that really is for me. And, and Alicia, also my mother, you know, watching my mother die at such a young age, yeah. that triggered in me. And I think that trigger really caught up with me yeah. during the Sanders campaign. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. You know, Nina, um, we win some and we lose some. And so I know there's a ton of people, including yourself, who poured their heart and soul into your campaign. Yeah. And sometimes when we don't succeed at this particular thing, we get disillusioned with politics. Yes. We get disillusioned with people. What is your message for people who have all but given up on politics? What's your message for those folks? Don't give up. Because if they give up, the other side wins. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. And I know if I give up, the other side wins. That's really what the they want. They want people like you and me, um, poor, working poor, barely middle class people to really give up. Because in that way, they win. So either you're going to keep fighting as you live and, and even in your sadness. You know, people ask me how I was feeling. And I said, mad, sad, and resolute. Mm. That's right. So you got to take those emotions with you and you got to keep fighting. You can't ever, ever, ever give up. Because even though in this society people are made to feel expendable, no one really is. We are as unique as our fingerprints. Nobody can really take your place. And so either you can get mad and give up and sit it out. Politics is going to happen around you and to you, whether you're involved or not. So wouldn't you prefer it to happen with you giving it a fight? That's right. Instead of just allowing things to happen to you without you at least uh, weighing in. That's right. And it's hard. I'm, I'm still, I'm going through the stages of grief Understood. right now um, because of what happened. It turned out to be a very negative and dirty campaign. You know, colorism, uh, painting me as an angry black woman and using that as a negative because hell, I kind of think being, a, not kind of, I think being an angry, conscious-minded black woman is what the world needs. That's right. You know, I'm mad about a lot of things, but, right. you know, the other side, uh, outsiders coming in to paint me as something that I was not. And it really was one of the most ugly sides of politics that I've seen in a very long time. And so, yeah, I'm... I'm yeah, of course. Still grieving. Yeah. Still grieving. Yeah. Well, this is what people need to know, you know, it is funky and ugly up in there, but we need us in there so we can yeah. clear out some of that mess. What's next for you, Nina? I know the victory is yours and your very next step. You will be victorious, my friend. What Thank is next you. for you? I know you've got a political consulting firm. You out here podcasting. <laughs> What's coming up for you next? Yeah, I'm doing the thing. I'm going to announce something um, this month. I'm still going to be out among the people, and I don't know what I'm going to do next. I may even run again. Yeah, and they're hearing it first. Yeah, I'm saying. Oh, they're they hearing it first. Okay, right here, on, right here on my phone, little lady. Yes, down. yes. Okay. I may. They're hearing it first yes, right here with you. Yes. I may do it again. I have not ruled out anything. All every all the things, Come as on. you say, all the time. All the things are all on the, the table. Things. Come on. But whatever it is, I definitely always want it to be rooted and grounded in the uplift of other people. I'm not down nor out. And just like that, it's time for our weekly roundup of all the things Lady just ain't gonna do this week. Number one... Act like addiction isn't a real thing impacting Black folks. 
The world is hard as fuck right now. And on top of that, we lost a great man this week. Michael K. Williams, the legendary actor who played Omar on The Wire and Montrose in Lovecraft Country, was found dead in his Brooklyn apartment over the Labor Day weekend. He was 54 years old. It's suspected that he died of a drug overdose. Williams was really candid about his struggles with addiction. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I cannot stop thinking about it. If you have ever loved someone with an addiction, you know that this is our worst nightmare, that they'll be found dead after it's all just been too much. We lose so many of our greats to addiction, and we're failing them, and we're failing ourselves because we make addiction a taboo subject. We force people to hide the pain that they're numbing. We deny the pain exists in the first place. We punish people with addiction, taking away their closest relationships, their jobs, their homes, their careers, and yet we don't provide nearly enough supports for people to get the help they need from addiction to the drugs that we peddle. Isn't it enough to be Black? I mean, but what about Black and struggling with addiction? Who do we go to? Where is it safe for us? It's a cold fucking world out there, folks. Keep fighting, please, for the sake of all of us who love people with addictions. We gotta expand the possibilities, not restrict the potentials. Next thing lady don't want this week is what the fuck is up with this terrible Hunger Games activism show? When I tell y'all my blood pressure went sky high when I saw this. So Global Citizen is doing a competition show on CBS called Activist, hosted by, y'all ain't ready, Usher, otherwise known as Ursher Baby, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, mm-hmm, Nick Jonas's partner, and Julianne Hoff called The Activist. Now, here's the premise. It's a competition show where inspiring activists team up with three high-profile figures, and they, I quote, bring about meaningful change in health, education, or the environment. They compete with each other in challenges, and then there's metrics that are used to evaluate how successful they are online engagement, social metrics, and the input of the hosts. The finale is the G20 Summit, where the activists will go and try to get money and awareness for their cause from world leaders. And the winner is chosen by whoever gets the biggest financial commitment. Then they get celebrated with a musical performance. Now, Lady doesn't even have the right words for this kind of nonsense. None whatsoever. I mean, let me get this straight. You got the lady who dressed up in blackface for Halloween, a woman who promoted skin lightening products in India, and the man who told T-Pain he ruined music, and they get to give who feedback about what exactly? What'd you say now? (laughs) I don't know about you, but Lady's take on this one is let's just go ahead and stick with Celebrity Jeopardy. This money and motherfuckers want to make a blood sport out of shit people do because the people who are supposed to do it won't. I can just see the pitch meeting now. And so, no, no, thank you. Leave me out of this shit. Also, can we chat about the G20 summit for a minute? Because I don't think folks understand why this is whack. I mean, the G20 summit is a summit that brings together the world's economies to strategize about how to address issues that impact the economy. Now, you can already start to see where this can go wrong real fast, right? The summits are often protested by activists because of the policies that the participating countries enforce that make people's lives miserable. So the idea that you would put activists inside the forum to compete for the most funding is just fucking weird. 
especially when activists are being killed and jailed in those countries fighting for the things that are now supposedly going to go on this television show and be brought out onto the world stage. Now, this reeks of some save the children type shit, and I, for one, am going to do without it. It's the corporatization of change for me, which means ain't going to be no real change. Y'all really think global leaders just don't know what the problems are and just need exposure to it? I mean, come the fuck on, yo. (laughs) If you believe that, I got beachfront property in Montana for you, and it's at a good price. (laughs) Other things lady just ain't going to do this week. So look, Time's Up is in turmoil. I wasn't even sure if I was going to talk about this because... Yeah, but I think it's worth mentioning, especially given this activism shit show of a show that's going to give me a heart attack. Tina Chen stepped down as CEO of Time's Up this week to be succeeded by none other than our sister, Monifa Bandele, who we absolutely love as interim CEO. But here's why Tina stepped down. It's because it came to light, basically, that she and several other high-profile board members of this organization were trying to be a little too bipartisan about sexual violence, advising high-profile people like former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo how to beat sexual harassment allegations, while also running an organization that was supposed to be supporting survivors of sexual violence. This week, several of those board members resigned, and the global advisory board that was comprised of actual activists who know what the damn deal is was dissolved. Now, I don't usually speak on organizational drama because I know how fucking hard it is to run an organization. And when the regular drama that happens when people try and accomplish something together gets out into the world to be scrutinized by people who ain't in it and don't know much about what it means to run a thing, those people get involved, it gets real messy. I get it. However, there's a lot at stake with this one. And frankly, I always was curious about what it was actually trying to do and who was advising them on how to do it. There's a lot of power that could be built through this industry. But in building that power, you got to be willing to dislodge power too. And it really didn't seem like that was on the menu. Now, I know what my sister Tarana and the Me Too movement is out here doing. I mean, they're actually supporting survivors to reclaim joy and healing. Time's Up had and still has a lot of potential, but it can't play both sides of the fence and it cannot be afraid to challenge power, no matter who's wielding it, child. Now, we're going to keep following this story. And please, in the meantime, support my sister Monifa as she works to right the ship. She's going to need our love and our faith, honey, because there is a big fucking mess on aisle five. (laughs) Now, here's what we want more of this week. Lady loves pushing people with the power of government to wrap it up, back it up, and get the goddamn vaccine. Insert some asterisks there. Now, President Biden used his authority today to require millions more people to get vaccinated against the Rona. Approximately 80 million people in this country have not been vaccinated. Not all of this is assholery. Some people cannot take the vaccine and have valid concerns about how it will impact a disability or a chronic illness or even a pregnancy. I get it. Now, some people want the vaccine and they can't get it because racism. We got to talk about this. But also, all those folks are not the majority of people who are unvaccinated. Too many people out here who can get the vaccine won't get the vaccine and also won't take precautions to keep from spreading the Rona and her cousins, honey. That's the Venn diagram we're targeting here. 
Now, businesses with more than 100 workers will require employees to be vaccinated. That business must give employees time off to get vaccinated, or they will be forced to undergo weekly RONA testing. This move affects 80 million workers, and federal workers and federal contractors are also required to be vaccinated. Lady loves this, and I'm really just not sure what took so long, with the exceptions that I mentioned earlier. I mean, imagine if this had been in place from the beginning. Other things Lady loves this week, the Justice Department, which is finna fuck Texas all the way up, honey. Well, gratefully, the U.S. Department of Justice, that we now have one again, um, has announced that it is suing the great state of Texas for that fucked up ass abortion law that prohibits nearly all abortions in the state. Texas tried to flex on the Constitution, and the DOJ said thanks, but no thanks. Really, it's the enforcement clause for us. And for the DOJ, apparently, that is the most egregious part of this. I mean, constitutional law says you can't keep a person from deciding to terminate their pregnancy. But Texas tried to do just that by deputizing vigilantes to enforce the law and receiving a reward of at least $10,000 for turning anyone in who supports someone else to get an abortion. Ugh, so foul, y'all, so foul. Other things Lady Loves this week. Sorry for the camera, y'all. You gonna live. (laughs) Other things Lady Loves this week is that her paperback was released. Y'all, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you from the top and bottom of my heart for loving all up on my book, which is out in paperback this week. That's right. The Purpose of Power is in bookstores across the world. Across the world. Yes, I said that. And if you didn't grab yours because the pandemic and all the other shit going on in the world, There's never been as good of a time as right now. If you already got the book and you feel like snagging another copy, do it. It's got a new chapter for me and a new foreword from Rashad Robinson, president of Color of Change and my brother from another mother. And also, it's got a beautiful new cover. Other things Lady loves this week, Queen Sugar is back, honey, and it's delicious. It's been one whole ass week, and I'm going to be honest, I have not even really had the time to sit down on this new couch and watch anything. But last night, after a good cry and good convos with my peoples, all alone in my house, which I'm actually really loving, I sat on my couch with some round table pizza, and yes, it was that kind of day, but to my credit, I had a salad and salmon earlier in the day, so whatever. And I watched the season premiere of Queen Sugar. I don't know, I'm a couple days late, but whatever, it happens. I loved it. Ralph Angel finna get the land foreclosed on. Aunt Vi is all up in her feelings about every fucking thing. Micah's out here fucking his teacher. And Charlie is out here getting it on with Davis again, honey. Yes. And wait, why the police went and fucked up OG Proctor? Nova, you in trouble, girl? Now let's see what Ava does with this defund the police storyline. I was feeling what Lena did on the shy, so I will definitely be looking out for this. love you. I so appreciate you coming on the show. Tell people where they can find you on the social so they can follow your incredible work. Yes, please. So Nina Turner on Facebook, 
at Nina Turner on the Twitter. Yes. And Nina Turner, Ohio on the gram. Yeah. Somebody had Nina Turner. Uh, Alicia, I wish they'd give it to me. There. But Nina Turner, Ohio on the gram. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on, sis. This was excellent. Now that's it for Lady Don't Take No, but I will be back here every single Friday morning to accompany you where there's a chance you might be commuting again. We appreciate you joining us and please let's keep the conversation going. Tell us what you like, tell us what's on your mind and tell us what you ain't gonna take no more of. On Twitter, we're at Lady Take. On Insta, we're at Lady Don't Take No Pod. We're also on Facebook at Lady Don't Take No Podcast by Alicia Garza. We post ways to do something about things you hear on this show all over our social media. So if we got you amped up today, check out the socials to find out how you can take action. And a special shout out to Jahari Farrar for making sure the people get what they need from our socials. We appreciate you. Please subscribe and write us a review and let the people know what you've heard here today. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our incredible theme is Bilaterics. And this pod is supported by the Black Futures Lab. And I'm your host, Alicia Garza. Remember, making activism a Hunger Games-type competition show is something no one fucking asked for, and y'all really should be ashamed of yourselves. We have a Justice Department again, and that's a good thing because Texas Republicans got us all the way fucked up. Time's up on trying to play bipartisanship with sexual violence. Ain't no two sides here, folks. And when it's all just too fucking much... Put your feet up and watch Queen Sugar if you haven't already, and I promise you, it will fortify you to fight another day. That's right, I said it, because lady don't take no. Lady don't take no shit, don't respect the sister, walk around like a woman is. She won't speak, less it's something worse, saying don't play. The girl take herself so serious, people stare curious, got a natural way, her hips sway furious. Love y'all. Luxurious, carries herself.